There was a time in our early career that um, we had to record whole new episodes because I forgot this flash drive. I couldn't find it for months. Oh, my God. And then I actually found it, and it was great. (laughs) Then we had the long-lost takes. But... Hey everyone, welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Samuel Richards. I'm Julie Richards. And I'm so excited. Today we are off the beaten path with Jenny Hughes. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited too. Normally I have a cup of coffee, but now it's just soda water, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anyway, I'm excited to have you here. We um, often, you know, uh, if you're somebody who's just joining in or been a longtime listener of the show, you know, we live real life together. And so um, it's been good. I know we've had some ups and downs trying to get connected. And so I'm excited to have you here for sure. It kind of almost speaks to the resilience piece, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a good theme. Um, So, yeah, Jenny, tell me a little bit about, like, your past with mental health history. Yeah, tell me, uh, you you know, its impact and, yeah. Yeah, so for me, I mean, so, well, caveat first, I'm a psychologist. And so as a psychologist, I went into the field of mental health, I think, for a lot of me-search reasons. (laughs) <laughs> That's mm. why I sought out that training and and reasons behind kind of some of the things that I do now as a psychologist. Um, but really, a lot of that me search, like so many of us, started in childhood, um, mm. where um, for me, I was dealing with a home that was affected by addiction. My dad was an addict, and that had a huge impact on all of us, of course. Um, and for me, I am one of my superpowers is compartmentalizing. Um, and so <laughs> I compartmentalized in lots of different ways. Um, and I think I call that a superpower in jest, but also in all seriousness, because it helps me deal with things and get shit done when I need to get it done. Um, But I also know that when I'm kind of packing up my metaphorical storage unit too much, it's going to explode eventually if I'm not coping with it, if I'm not finding ways to unpack things systematically and in healthy ways. And that has been a real struggle for me for, I mean, I would say throughout my life, it's nothing that I've ever been able to perfect nor would I expect perfection because mental health and our own mental wellness is not about perfection. Um, But for me, that was really the beginning of my journey, both in terms of my own experience of my mental health and wellness and a big reason for the choices that I made about my career. I, when I went to, to college, I was one of those weird kind of undergrads that like the day one, I knew I was majoring in psychology and I had it all planned out. Um, And I initially wanted to work in substance abuse. 
surprise, surprise. And I wanted to work with um, really specifically adolescents who were affected by substance abuse, Mm. because that was something that had happened with me, you know. Um, And it then changed naturally. My career took different turns and I'm now a trauma psychologist. Um, But that's still very much interwoven with that that past of of addiction and substance use and abuse. Um, And I don't do substance use work, um, but it is so interwoven with trauma that you can still see the thread there. So, uh, Jenny, what are like some of the general cases or studies that you work on? What are some of the things, you know, uh, I guess another side question I always have is I'm curious, like what mental health stuff has blown your mind? You know, like what are some things that have really rocked your world in a good way? Honestly, I mean, this kind of comes to another question people often ask me as a trauma therapist is like, how can you do that work every day? And the reason is because my clients amaze me every single day with their resiliency, with the fact that they're able to experience some of the most things, worst, some of the worst things that we can imagine and still show up still make progress and really overcome for the vast majority of them when they're able to get um, treatment that is helpful and that works. That rocks my world. (laughs) And gives you a sense of ability to keep leaning into it and having hope and, and an energy for the work because you're seeing people that are responsive and engaged and which is great. It's interesting for me as a trauma therapist, I would say what I have, at least in a portion of my caseload, are more of the um, shut down, like not so resilient, like really struggling with functioning or really struggling to find adaptive ways that can be healthy. And so maybe, I don't know if you could speak to any of that because it's great if our clients are motivated and excited and resilient and overcoming, but what about when they're not? Like what, what kind of insight do you want to bring to that? Well, and I think that, um, in any given day, most people are not experiencing these big kind of like breakthroughs, right? Because we're human. Um, and, and most of the work, it's kind of like those images that you see about like, this is progress and this is progress and this is progress all over the place, right? I guess people can't see me because we're on a podcast, but my hands like be going kind of flat could be progress. A little bit upwards or up and down is all progress. And one thing, an important part of my kind of just sort of like personal practice as a trauma therapist is working with and acknowledging the role of vicarious resilience, which is for us as the therapist is when we get to really like soak up all the little gifts that we get in our work. And more often than not, they're tiny. And that's awesome. And like, I want to celebrate that because those people who, those clients that we're working with who are feeling stuck, they still probably have a tiny little spark maybe that they experience or a tiny little moment of progress or just the fact that they came to therapy and came to therapy and said, I didn't want to come today. And I'm like, cool, that's awesome. Let's talk about it. Like you're here. And, and those are the moments of vicarious resilience and resilience Mm -hmm. in our clients 
that we're way more likely to see, but we may not label it in that way until we kind of reframe things and have our own shift um, to say like, oh, wow, that was actually a little piece of progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely the idea of making it more consciously aware of that and mm -hmm. seeing it and noticing it and looking for, I love the term glimmers, you know, like that, mm -hmm. looking for the little things that are life-giving and yeah. and I do too I I resonate with everything you're saying as far as it's great that it's small like that's that means it's doable that means it's mm -hmm. possible that means we can find it it's not like we have to climb Mount Everest every second or something it's like oh it was really just the smaller things that all were headed in the right mm -hmm. pattern and rhythm and these mental health practices and various things that can be sometimes ordinary, <laughs> just mm -hmm. very, sometimes they can be mundane, but they can also be what puts us in a pathway of having more resiliency. And of the maintenance of it, right? Of being able Definitely. to maintain it because those big moments are amazing and they, they do and they will happen for people, but they're few and far between. That's not what we're getting every day. And we mm. also can't expect ourselves to maintain those big moments. Um, even so for myself, so I just had my second child at the end of May and this will make sense in a moment, but like for people who have been pregnant and had a child, the hormonal shifts are crazy, right? And so like you have these huge highs and then these huge lows. And it, you know, I think a lot of times we forget to say like, it's okay that they're so big. And also we aren't going to, we don't want to stay at those big highs and those big lows. Those big highs are amazing. I had people right after I had my son, they were like, oh my God, I could like hear in your voice that you were just like so high on the oxytocin, right? Like you were just like floating in like happy land. And I can, I could feel that. I remember that. And it was a, it's an incredible experience, but it's not somewhere that I can maintain every single day, nor do I want to have to maintain that. And so mm -hmm. thinking about those tiny little moments, that's way more doable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've even talked about that. Does that fit into our window of tolerance there? Trying to figure out windows that we're able to be operable rather than mm -hmm. just being at extremes on other side. Well, and I think that's an interesting for me, I'm I'm hearing that in an interesting way of like the window of tolerance isn't just about trauma and anxiety and stress. It all it can apply to all of our emotions. Like we can pop out of the window of tolerance for happiness too, right? Or pop under it. Um, and not that that is necessarily a bad thing, but it's not something that we can maintain over time. You know, and I think so much of our culture is about the big and flashy too. I, I think it's interesting. There is just this line in um, just a popular TV show about a therapist who is talking to somebody who thinks that they're too good for therapy. And they're like, hey, it's like brushing your teeth every day and flossing. Every day you go in, it's not going to be the most exciting thing. But after 10 years of it, you're going to know who flossed and who didn't. <laughs> and so, like, it's just one of those. I think it's good to even celebrate those. Hey, you even showed up today. Mm -hmm. That's a win. Or even trying to find, you know, your support almost. It was interesting. Once uh, I was going through a point in my life where I felt like I was crumbling and stuff like that. You know, I was going to a therapist often, and I don't think you need to be crumbling to talk to a therapist, but that's where I was at my time. And um, 
I know mom talked to me about just finding those supports, finding those little wins, finding those like to kind of ground yourself in, hey, I have, you know, a good relationship at the time, like with my brother, which we still do, but it was a support for me. And so mm-hmm. like just finding those things or maybe medication at the time and just go for level, you know, go for just, you know. The mundane. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's pretty cool and something that's underrated. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, that'll be the big thing. If we can sell exciting mundane. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> can we see the mundane as a glimmer? You know, yeah. I think there is so much joy and delight to be had when we can notice something as being amazing, even if it's small. Mm-hmm. You know, and just being able to, I think, bring the, us into the present moment of what's happening here and now and like being fully showing up for it. Absolutely. Hmm. Wow. We hit a and lot that's of a practice. That that's, a, yeah. that's a skill and that's a muscle that yeah. we have to kind of cultivate because we are kind of conditioned, I think, for so much is happening at once. We're not really present. We're hoping for like a great big you know, recovery from whatever stress we're in, like take me out of this or whatever, instead of just let me lean into being here now and Mm -hmm. looking for the things that are supportive and life-giving and practices that we can kind of maintain and work with. Well, and I think that's so important because the definition of resilience is being able to come back up to baseline after something like a stress or a trauma. So if we're at our baseline and something happens and we go below it, resiliency is simply the act of being able to come back to baseline. And baseline, hopefully, maybe that fits into the mundane, right? Where it's just, we're just kind of going along. And then we can apply those daily practices of mindfulness and flossing and <laughs> to our baseline to help maintain it and even strengthen it so that when the next stressor or trauma or whatever happens, maybe the dip below it is a little bit smaller. So it's less of a climb to get back up to baseline. Mm-hmm. Or even maybe that dip is shorter, you know, that we're able to get our, our balance back without feeling like it just had to spiral into something. Or even it does spiral and the resiliency is just being able to come back at all. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, I can imagine losing somebody close or just like being in an accident where you're harmed mentally or physically, how, you know, it might take a while, <laughs> mm-hmm. but being able to resilience and pull up. I do like to think of, you know, we often talk about nature analogies and just like the tree and resiliency is you look at the tops of trees and they move and bend with the wind, but you know, their roots are just as solid. They're not going to go anywhere. And that bend is built in. It's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it allows them to stay standing. If they were still, <laughs> they just crack like honestly the dead trees that you see fall, you know? Yep, exactly. Mm. So what are some of the practices that you prioritize and leading people through, Jenny, like that for someone who's thinking, okay, if I am going to change my mindset to being these small things, we talk about them all the time on, on our podcast, but I'd be curious from your perspective, being someone coming in to share with us today, like what are some of the things that you think are foundational and 
helpful and supportive to kind of build those resiliency muscles? Yeah, two main things come to mind. The first is um, gratitude journaling, some kind of a gratitude practice, but really kind of honing that in and only allowing yourself to write down small things for which you're grateful. So gratitude journaling is where you just write down things that you're grateful for each day. And a lot of times it can feel really overwhelming to start a practice like that because people are like, well, my life is crap. Like, what am I supposed to be grateful for? Everything's falling mm. apart, you know? And so the prompt the is to only allow yourself to write down small things. So like, I'm grateful. I, I live in Houston and let's just pretend it's like 110 degrees right now with the heat index. I'm grateful that in the forecast, it says it's going to be 95 next week. Like, yeah. <laughs> and actually that's probably yeah. a big thing, but anyway, but so taking those small things, right. And, and only giving yourself the permission to write down those small things. Then it is about, I think the second piece is sharing that or having some kind of a feedback with other people. And so maybe hmm. even asking other people kind of what are the small things for which you're grateful for? Or what do you notice in my life that are kind of these glimmers that are going on? Because many times we have these blind spots. We can't actually see those things. And so being able to share that with someone else, one, hmm. it can kind of give you ideas about like, oh, they're grateful for, you know, eating a carrot today. I don't know. Um, and then also allowing them to tell you like, you know, I really think it's amazing that, you know, you have this support person in your life or that you have found, you know, this TV show that you really like that lights you up when you watch it. Hmm. And so being able to get that feedback from other people. I think of those as mirrors, you know, that we all need mirrors in our life, people who can see us and understand us and kind of mirror back to us the things that we need somebody who notices. We need to be seen. We need to be heard and understood. Yep. What are your I thoughts? I like that a lot oh. <clears throat> Go ahead, because Sarah. we often will end our, and so here's your teaser. We um, often in episodes with uh, gratitude or an affirmation or a mantra, those are less often, but we do mantras sometimes. Um, but Often, whenever I'm trying to answer the own my own prompt, I'm I'm trying to think of something a little bit more grandiose or something, you know, almost like the whole family's together and you have to make a toast. And so, um, uh, trying to think of something that's, I mean, I like to practice celebrating the mundane in my day to day, and I think officially making it my gratitude is even better because I think I can pull more little joys because I do have little joys. I just don't often reflect on them that often. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's pretty cool. I'm going to try and do that in our episodes is try and find little gratitudes yeah, and see if I can't celebrate those. Cause it's like my relationship with my family, like what a grandiose sort of <laughs> like, you know, ambiguous sort of measurement where it's like, Honestly, well, I got one. So I got one in the hopper already, and it's a small <laughs> gratitude. And so I'm excited about that. So that's very cool. And I also think, you know, talking to others, that's that's awesome. Uh, you said mirroring is the official term, or is that something? Well, I, I'm just saying when we have people who can reflect back to us things that we can feel more seen and heard and mm. and connected, 
connection is such an important part of being, I think, resilient and being a healthy human is like, we need connection. We're made for relationship. And often we're lacking that in a very busy, distracted world, maybe more isolated through the pandemic. And we're coming out of that now, but I've heard from many people of just feeling awkward, can't be around people. It's mm-hmm. hard to relate. And so we lack those mirrors of safe people that can kind of give us good feedback or mm-hmm. speak into mm-hmm. our lives or really know us on more of a heart level and not so surfacey, like I'm not ever reaching anyone or no one's reaching me. It's more yeah. of a connected, attached, secure attachment sort of feeling. Mm. And you know, one thing it's, it's interesting that my brain is going to this, but it makes me think of something that I am doing with trauma therapists that I work with. Um, we, this month I adapted an exercise called the Johari window. Are you familiar with that, Julie? Yes. Yes. Comes to mind. So often it's, it's oftentimes kind of more broadly used like in like corporate or group settings, but it also, it's a tool that helps us really enhance self-awareness, but also communication. And so we're kind of using that right now in the work that I do with them, but it's something that is easily accessible to anyone. You can just Google Johari window and you're going to get a lot of different resources. But the cool thing is that it really requires you to do the exercise with someone else or with another, with other trusted people, because the Johari window, it has four quadrants and there's the open quadrant quadrant, which is things that you know about yourself and everyone else knows. It's just like all the stuff that's out on on the table. Then there is the blind spot. And that's the stuff that only other people kind of know about you because you put your blinders on. There's the hidden quadrant, which is what you hide from other people. You know it, but they don't. And then there's the unknown quadrant. No one really knows what's going on in there. Um, And so in order to really use the exercise, you have to have someone else be able to tell you what's in the blind spot. What do they notice that you're not aware of? And it can enhance communication when they're a trusted person and you feel supported in your vulnerability to share things about that are in the hidden quadrant. And so it can be a really great kind of addition to what we're talking about of whether it's a gratitude practice, um, noticing and really appreciating the mundane, celebrating the mundane. That's what you had said. That's the mantra, by the way, celebrating the mundane Um, and and can really help to grow that self-awareness and the communication and connection. Mm -hmm. I love that piece about needing someone who can help us see what are the blind spots. Because I think that does speak to some of the work in having a good therapist and a close friend that is able to do that with you. But, but in therapy, Samuel, you were mentioning like some of it is very mundane at times and people kind of maybe drift and they don't really know if it's worth it. And is this helping me? And why spend the time? Why spend the money? Why do this? And it's like having someone who can really lean in and be relational to be able to see some blind spots, make things that are more implicit, explicit, unconscious, make it more conscious, Mm -hmm. helps us grow that we have someone leaning in to accompany us and walk that with us. So I think that's an important thing for listeners who maybe either aren't in the therapeutic process, haven't been, or if they're wavering and they're not sure if they can have the resiliency to keep doing the work. Mm -hmm. Um, This can be a great lifelong journey of getting to know ourselves 
And yes, it has seasons of being more intentional in therapy or not, but we can't always just do that alone. We need each other and we need help with those blind spots. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's really a little bit by little bit, you know, it's an ongoing practice. It's a, I'm going to lean in and show up and it's in a safe space where I can be vulnerable, where I can open up, where I can share some of those things that maybe no one knows, or I'm learning about myself or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to cultivate spaces like that. And we, committed enough to see that through and to lean in and do that work. So Mm -hmm. I'm wanting to encourage anyone who's maybe on the fence or wavering or feeling a little worn. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to have the blind spots and the hidden stuff. Like Mm -hmm. the goal is not that I, I often say like relationships are not depositions, right? Like we don't have to tell everything to everyone. And, and we have defense mechanisms for a reason. We have blind spots for a reason because our brain protects us Mm -hmm. and we can grow, like you're saying, Julie, in these supportive spaces where it's, it's okay to be vulnerable where it is really um, celebrated to be vulnerable and grow in, in small ways. We don't have to make huge ginormous leaps, right? We can just take these little baby steps um, to be able to get towards these goals and really just towards that maintenance, the celebrating the mundane. Mm -hmm. And I love the butterfly effect too. Yeah. Which is just the smallest thing can change something clear across the world. And I think that's cool because the small things end up becoming very influential and really turning things around in our life and in such a great way to have hope that things can be different and better and deeper and more whole. And even when they're messy and imperfect and, and we're getting stretched outside our comfort zone, it's like all of the above, like, welcome to the human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to say, uh, just uh, not to bring it back to Jahari, but um, I did, me and my friends in college did a couple of back-to-back, just sort of both political and, you know, emotional sort of tests just to see how they did. And so that Myers-Briggs we did, we did the A Political Compass. And when we did Jahari Window, which <clears throat> is interesting, you kind of point out traits or it's like guided questions about yourself and other folks. And I felt like that was the most accurate for sure. You know, you have your friends actually giving you feedback and even going, huh, I do that. I do that. And I didn't notice that. And just being aware of it is being really helpful in a way that I felt that ENFP didn't really describe. Mm. And it was one that felt a little bit more robust than like, hey, I was just excited that day. And it was more of like, Hey, we've known you like three years now, my man, and this is what we see. And so that was really cool. I would, you know, it was a fun thing to do with a small group of friends where exactly what you guys were saying, like the trust was there. It was a safe place. It wasn't like somebody trying to get revenge because you took their pen, you know, a couple classes ago, but rather, you know, <clears throat> focused on growth and support. And I want to acknowledge that like how awesome that is. And it's, it can be easier said than done. And it kind of brings me back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the compartmentalizing, 
one of the reasons that I compartmentalize in unhealthy ways is because it's really hard for me to be vulnerable. As a therapist, mm. there are a lot of internalized messages that we have to have all of our stuff together. We can't show that we have any problems, right? Like we have to be perfect. Um, and that's total BS. It's not realistic, but they it, it comes from a long history of just messages that helpers and healers get. And that is laid on top of other messages that I had internalized and made up throughout my life. And so it's really hard for me to ask for help, to ask for feedback. Um, and I have to kind of create uh, situations where I'm forced to do that, which is a big part of some of the work that I do with other trauma therapists is it's like, all right, if I'm going to make you do it, then I'm going to do it too. And it has been really, really helpful um, for me because, you know, I've been given that feedback from my blind spots. And it's one way that I've kind of figured out how to bridge some of those gaps in ways that feel supportive and, and healthy enough for me, acknowledging that I don't have to be perfect either. Mm -hmm. mm. That's good. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm going to get us prepped here for our gratitudes and affirmations. But before I do that, I do have some quick couple of announcements I want to make, which is um, if you like the show and you want to reach out to us uh, or maybe, you know, ask for some content, start a conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Just go ahead and email communityrootspod at gmail.com. Um, mom has also been killing it with the Instagram. Um, so you're welcome to, uh, hop on there and shoot us a message through that as well. Um, also if you've been a listener for a long time and like our stuff, please, uh, rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, you know, we're just trying to spread the word of this community of this growth. Um, so please, uh, help that out. So before we go, I want to say thanks to, uh, Julie for hosting, um, Steve Dodge for the theme song and Alexander Wells for the logo, but cool. So what do we got? Gratitudes and affirmations. Jenny, what have you got for us? And mantras. I, I am grateful for the mundane. I'm going to be taking mm. that with me, especially today, celebrating the mundane, um, and, and doing my best to notice those things. Mm -hmm. I'm, in you got anything? I'm in suspense Samuel I'm wondering well, it's, and it's can you mundane, even remember so I know but like when you put something in a pin on it and then you're like I don't even know if I can remember what was I thinking of before <laughs> like that yeah. was a whole however many minutes ago so now I'm like yeah. I'm the well now I've seat. switched my gratitude to be that because <laughs> 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 um, no um, I was going to say recently um, we had to move some desks around at work and I wasn't able to have all these cool plants next to my desk. Mm. And so we rearranged again and I was able to get all these plants back. And so this was the first week with them back. And I like just, you oh, know, nice. I pace. So I just went back there and I was like, ah, surrounded by plants. This is how I want to live. Nice. But, I love that. Yeah. Emma shared Emma's, um, Samuel's sister and my daughter. Um, so Emma shared with me, she was at camp last week and the hit at her in her cabin for all the girls was the um, bug catcher that I had given for Christmas a couple oh, years wow, back. Oh, great. It's this awesome little, you can like catch it and, and slide the little 
gate or doorway or whatever so that you can let it out somewhere and free it or whatever but it also has like a little magnifying glass that you can see it and she said the she didn't have to catch a single bug the entire week because all the girls were so excited about it and they all wanted to do it <laughs> and i was like yes i got a good christmas that gift is awesome. i ended up getting a six pack jenny we gave it to all the kids we kept one we're like where's the bug catcher we need the bug catcher i have one at my office I got that from my chiropractor and she's amazing. So I'm thankful for her too. And I love being able to remember little things that are super fun and bring joy and delight. And I dig it's that. A That's good fun. Thing. We yeah. use it all the time too with yeah. like that seek app where you can pull open seek and try and get a good, you know, identify the bug. Oh, wow. I wondered that actually this morning I had a little friend in my office and I'm like, um, I sent a picture to dad. I was like, what is this? Do I touch this or no? I, I was, <laughs> but I captured it and I let it out the window, but yeah. I was just like, I don't know what this thing is, but we use that thing all the time. So if you're looking for a good spontaneous gift for somebody, we got you covered. My daughter would love that. I have actually just a few weeks ago, I posted on my personal Instagram um, about when you're, you know, wanting to support your daughter and loving all living things, you support her in catching a cockroach yeah. uh, in the garden. It was outside, but she like had her shovel and like had this cockroach on her shovel. And I was like, that's great. Yay. I love it. Good job. That's funny. That's great. So we've got well, a gift idea for you. Exactly. We'll send you this Amazon link for <laughs> Please go. do her birthday's in September. So she's actually she's gonna okay. love it. I will really buy it. Seriously, <laughs> they're awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jenny, for joining us. Thank you all uh, Thank listeners you for joining us, and we will see you all soon. Bye.